the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. We're going to talk about honoring the call to discipleship this morning with a message entitled, Chosen to Soar. Our text is taken from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and we're going to be reading verses 12 to 22. Paul writes, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you and care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. We're going to talk about discipleship, what it means, what it means to be a follower of Jesus, and how does it impact our lives. And you're at church this morning, and it's communion, so you know you're going to hear a sermon about being a follower of Jesus. Discipleship is about two big words, and I want you to jot it down somewhere. It's about orthodoxy and orthopraxy. Well, pastor, I didn't bring enough money to afford those two words. But they're not complicated words. They're actually very simple words. Ortho means straight. Doxy means doctrine. So when it comes to discipleship, the first thing is orthodoxy, having a straight understanding of what we believe. It's all about doctrine. The second is orthopraxy. Ortho, again, means straight. When you go to an orthopedic surgeon, you want your bones straightened out. When you go to an orthodontist, you want your teeth straightened out. Ortho means straight, and praxy means practice. So orthopraxy is about straight living. So those two things govern what it means to be a disciple. You and I need to have a grasp of those two things. It's about right believing and right behaving. That's what discipleship is all about. 
When the enemy of our souls, and we have three enemies, the world, the devil, and the flesh, when it attacks our faith in Christ, when it attacks our work, our walk with Christ, it attacks in these three areas, in these two areas of believing and behaving. So I can't emphasize enough the fact that we need to hone in on these two things. Right attitudes and right actions are the two things that govern what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. I want you to very quickly uh, jot this outline of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 to 22 before we get into the sermon. There's a simple outline to this that talks about our, our actions and our beliefs, our behaviors and our attitudes, okay? Just outline this uh, somewhere. Uh, discipleship is, our, is about our attitude and actions Towards servanthood. That's verses 12 to 13a. Just write it down somewhere on the passage that we just read. Secondly, discipleship is all about our attitudes and actions towards the saints. Towards the saints, okay? That is verse, tw- uh, verse uh, 13, the second half of that, to verse 15. Thirdly, discipleship, discipleship is about our attitude and action towards ourselves. Our self, the self. You know, how we treat ourselves. Uh, and, and fourthly, discipleship is all about our attitude and actions toward the Spirit of God. Verses 19 to 22. That's, that's the basic outline of the text that we just read. And within these four things, these four attitudes and actions, we will discover how we can soar above the challenges that we face as followers of Jesus. Now, I want you to, I want you to just pay attention uh, to these points, not just so that we'll have something to go by, but these, this is a framework of what we really need to be thinking about consistently as followers of Jesus as Christians, okay? Soaring above the challenges that we face as Christians, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, as a young man growing up, I was 10 years old. I remember... Our house being flooded out by one of the, 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 the nastiest storms that ever hit uh, the Philippine Islands back in the early 70s. And I remember very vividly uh, the waters, you know, consistently, continuously rising. And you can actually see it. You can actually see that the water is going up because of these torrential rains uh, uh, that's coming down really hard. And it was just a matter of time before the water will go into the first floor of the house that we're living in. And sure enough, after just a few minutes, you can see the water just gushing inside the house. So we had to go to the second floor. And as the rains continued, it was inevitable that the water is going to hit the second floor as well. So at that time, uh, we actually had to evacuate to higher ground. And I remember neighbors and, and people just throwing out rubber tires to everybody. You know, we were on the second floor of the house, and they were tossing rubber tires. Get on them and get out of that area and go to higher ground. And in, in, in this case, we had some relatives that didn't live very far. And you know, when you're a 10-year-old kid, you're in that situation. You don't see the problem. You just experience how cool it was to be on those flotation devices. You're nine years old, you know, this is great, man, you know, what's the problem? There's no problem. 
I'm in the rain. It's the tropics, so it, the rain's warm. It's not hot at all. So you're getting wet. You know, you're just splashing the water, and you're staying afloat. And one thing I noticed, even though as a young kid, you know, one thing I noticed, it didn't matter how high the water was. As long as I'm on that flotation device, I stay above it. The water goes down. Guess what? I'm still above it, right? And that's an important principle for me to learn that it doesn't matter how high the water gets, I'll stay afloat. I'll rise above it. And it doesn't matter when it goes down, I'll still be above it. And you know what? That's a picture of what it looks like to soar, to rise above the challenges we face as followers of Jesus. It doesn't matter how strong the challenges we face are. It doesn't matter how, you know, the kind of circumstances we go through. The Bible says that we are called to rise above those things. And that's good news. That's part of the gospel. That's part of being a follower of Jesus. You know, no, no Christian should ever be ashamed to say that no matter what they're going through, their relationship with Christ will assure them that they'll stay afloat. We'll never sink. We will never be sunk by the challenges that our faith uh, provides for us. You know why? Because Jesus is the author of the gospel and Jesus is Lord. You can't, you can't lose. I can't lose. And it's a calling that every disciple has. Now, I didn't say we're, we're going to be spared from problems, okay? We will still be on the water. We're just going to rise above it. And I think that's good news. And that's basically the theme of chapter 5 of the first letter of Paul to the Thessalonians. Uh, let me just give a little bit of a background, okay? Paul was addressing a bunch of Christians in a church in Thessalonica, uh, uh, who were undergoing severe, severe challenges to their faith, okay? Uh, in this particular letter, Paul was addressing the issue of the church being attacked on every side uh, because of their faith. They're being persecuted. And they're being challenged in what they uh, believe. And the church was going through tremendous suffering, not only from, uh, from uh, you know, uh, the government that are, that's around them, not only internally when they had dissensions going on inside, uh, they're being attacked in their belief, in their, in their discipleship of Jesus. And uh, that suffering uh, caused them to really soar like an eagle, to rise above all of these things solely on the truth that Jesus was their Lord. You know, uh, the church today is also undergoing through severe challenges, um, especially Easter's coming up. Y you know, I mean, there's a, there's, there's a concerted effort to reform uh, Orthodox Christianity. I don't know if you're paying attention. Uh, there's, a, there's a concerted effort among not only, you know, non-believers, but among believers to reform what biblical Christianity is, what Orthodox Christianity is. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an ongoing thing. And by the way, when Easter comes, be prepared uh, to watch programs and to hear people challenge the validity of the resurrection. You know, I'm just trying to prepare you because you're going you're gonna to see that from every network. 
trying to challenge, did Jesus really rise from the dead? Uh, was Jesus really who he said he was? Did, re- did Jesus really claim to be the only son of God? Did Jesus really say he's God in the flesh? Did re- Jesus really say all he said in the Bible? You're going to see that. And that's part of a concerted effort uh, to, to wear the Christians down so that they, they'll fall asleep on orthodoxy. Okay, and so that they fall asleep also in their practice. You know, how many things do we approve now saying, oh, you can be a Christian and name it? I mean, you see that, okay? And it's not coming from people who are agnostics or atheists. It's coming from other Christians. Because when discipleship is attacked, it attacks those two areas. Orthodoxy, orthopraxy, behavior and belief, attitudes, and actions, okay? So, so the things that are happening today, it's not new. It happened back in the day of the early church, okay? Uh, Thessalonica was in many ways the same as our world today, the same as uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. It's a large commercial city. It's thriving. It's got money. It's got all kinds of things. And, and uh, uh, history tells us that Emperor Augustus favored Thessalonica because it supported him in many of his campaigns. And in return, he declared Thessalonica as an open city, wherein, you know, you, you have uh, a free, uh, freedom to exchange ideas, freedom to do anything and anything you want. And he did that as a favor to the people of Thessalonica because of the, the favor that they had given him by supporting him. Like any society where there's uh, uh, freedom or free, uh, freedom of expression or, or a free exchange of ideas, inevitably there will be a lot of contentions. And in this case, in the case of Thessalonica, Paul, Silas, and Timothy successfully proclaimed the gospel in Thessalonica. And they were winning a lot of converts. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. And as they preach the gospel, they notice that a lot of people are converting, being, becoming followers of the Lord Jesus. And when you have one group dominating the scene, inevitably others will challenge that. And that's when the persecution of the church in Thessalonica began. The gospel was winning. It was winning a lot of converts. And the enemies of the gospel started causing all kinds of problems. And there was a big riot uh, that took place. And Paul and Silas and, and Timothy were driven out of the city. But before they could finish the work in discipling that church in Thessalonica, they were brought out. They were, you know, rejected. Uh, from the city. So Paul had to leave the city, but he sent Timothy back so that he can continue the discipleship process. Because it doesn't matter whether you, 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 know, you receive the gospel. Some of you recently received the gospel. you recently been baptized. The discipleship process begins. You need to get deeper. You need to get to know the Lord in a deeper way. You get to know the Word of God. You, get, you, know, you, need, you need to mature in those areas. And so Paul sent Timothy, and Timothy came back with, with a, a glowing report that they were in fact um, growing and they are soaring uh, in their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They were, uh, they were uh, rising above the challenges that they face. You know, as part of the body of Christ, listen everybody, we are all called to rise above the challenges that our faith 
will ever face. I want to make that clear. If, if you're not being challenged in your belief in the gospel, if you're not being challenged in your walk with Christ, chances are you're probably not walking <laughs> in the right direction. And I say that with a smile because I know a lot of people say, you know, you know come on, pastor, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with God. I'm walking with God. If you're walking with God, I might as well tell you, you are going to be challenged. That's why maturity, that's why orthodoxy, that's why being solid in what we believe is so important because how we believe governs how we behave. If you believe a certain way and behave another, that's, that's not right. That, that, there's something wrong with that. And so I plead with you, we've got to rise above the challenges and the, the spiritual maturity that comes with becoming Christians is so critical. Now, this message addresses all of us as individuals, but it addresses all of us as a church, as a part of the body of Christ. Okay? And these principles that we're going to learn, they apply not only to us individually, but it applies, you know, to the church specifically, okay? Because there will be challenges to our faith, as there are challenges in, in a lot of aspects of life. So it addresses all of us, okay, as one body. We are an integral part of a whole. It's called the church. When the church is under attack, Every single one of us must feel the burden of that attack. We must feel the burden, the concern. We must feel the pain because that's part and parcel of our calling as disciples to rise and soar above all of these things. We need to be aware of those challenges and we need to know how to deal with it. You may be going through some personal problems this morning, okay, and I get that. You know, you come to church and the last thing you want is to hear uh, how you're going to, you know, defend your faith and all of that. And a lot of people come to me, Pastor, you know, I've got enough personal problems. I got enough problems on my own. I got enough problems with my marriage. I got enough problems with my kids. I got enough problems with my economic standing. I got enough problems with my health. You know, why do I have to carry this burden of having to defend, you know, the church or defend the, the, the belief that I have? Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, it's not an excuse. We all go through the same struggles and trials like everybody else. But what we have is hope, the hope of truth, the hope of grace, the hope of mercy, that when we abide by the Word of God, when we abide by the word of Christ, he lets us rise above these things. That's what we hold on to. We abide by the word, and guess what happens? God makes us rise above the challenges. No matter what you're facing in your life this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus, somehow, somewhere in the inside of you, you know there's hope. You know, if Jesus is Lord, there's nothing, nothing stronger than his power. I just want you to know, what you and I have is much more than what this world has to offer. So, the, in these verses of scriptures, it teaches us, you know, the blueprint on how to soar, how to be a disciple. Now, I'm not minimizing the personal problems we have, okay? I'm not minimizing that. But don't use that as an excuse. Now, Pastor, I'm, 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 I'm struggling with this part of my life and all of that. You know, I want to say this again. To struggle with something is not a bad thing. 
All right? I'm going to say that again. You people over here probably heard it. You people over here probably don't, you didn't get it. To struggle is not a bad thing. Okay? Pastor, I, 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 I'm a Christian and I love the Lord. I follow Jesus. But I struggle with alcohol. All right? As long as you're struggling with it, you're going to rise above it. Here's the problem. When you come to me and you say, Pastor, I'm no longer struggling with alcohol. I just drink whenever I want. <laughs> That's a problem. All right? That's when it becomes a problem. You know why? Because you're saying that, I, you know, I'm not going to fight, you know, all of these things. I, I, you know. God loves me anyway. And that's when we get into deep trouble. You know, when we got saved, when we became Christians, okay, we didn't have to do anything else first. We just simply trusted in Jesus, amen, and trust the Spirit to work in our lives. Give Him that trust. Because to struggle is, is, is not the problem. No more than being tempted is a problem, right? You have, Pastor, I'm tempted all the time. Good. Everybody gets tempted. It's when we decided that the temptation is no longer a big deal and I'm just going to go fall all over the place and do it. Then, then that's the problem. The point here is we are to rise above all the challenges that our faith uh, faces, the, uh, our faith in Christ faces. So in these verses of Scripture, teaches us the blueprint of how to soar over the challenges. Uh, and we must have the right belief. We must have the right actions to go with it. And we're going to touch on those four areas, okay? Right attitudes and actions towards being a servant. Our right attitudes and action towards the saints. When I talk about saints, I'm not talking about some dead guy or dead girl uh, that has attained some. The Bible calls every Christian a saint. Uh, just in case you didn't know, the term saint means, simply means those who follow Jesus. Okay, you don't have to be old and dead to be a saint. You are a saint now the moment you trusted Jesus. So we need to know our attitude about each other. And, third, and thirdly, the attitude, our attitude about ourselves. And fourthly, of course, our attitude and actions toward the Spirit. Number one. Here's the number one principle of rising up, rising above, uh, you know, the challenges to our discipleship. First thing we got to do is we need to recognize the people who labor for our souls. Okay? This is called our action and attitude towards servants, servanthood. Look at verse 12 again. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Well, pastor, it sounds like that verse is talking about you. You're a pastor, so you're serving the people. Listen, that includes pastors and elders in the church, but that's a calling for everyone, okay? You and I are called, okay, to serve one another, to serve one another. In fact, Jesus told his disciples, how are people going to know that you are my disciples? And Jesus said, you are going to be known as my disciples by your love for each other. Now, that's a very critical term. How do we love each other? By serving each other. What is the definition of love in the Bible? Love is when grace and truth converge. Okay? That's 
how love is experienced, when grace and truth converge. So how does that practically apply to each and every one of us? Raise your hand. How many of you this morning say, I need a touch from the Lord, so I want prayer this morning? Okay, the rest of you, I don't know what's wrong with you, all right? But that's a call to everybody. Listen, look at me. Everybody needs prayer. Everybody. Everybody needs a touch from the Lord. How are you going to get that? By someone else putting their hands on you and praying for you. That's how you get it, all right? I don't know how I could have survived as a Christian without someone taking the time to tell me the truth and tell me the truth with grace, all right? We are called to, to love by telling people the truth and doing it with grace. That's what it means to serve another person. Everybody in this room, you and I are called to serve one another. That's why we're Christians. That's why I cannot emphasize enough. If you are a part of the body of Christ, somebody needs to be reaching out to you. Somebody needs to be discipling you. Somebody, need, you, somebody needs to be praying for you. Okay? Now, that should happen on an ongoing basis. Now, if you are a person, a Christian who does nothing but suck all the blessing. Pastor, pray for me. Brother, can you pray for me? And all of that. There's nothing wrong with that. But at some point, what you get, you have to give out. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, Your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.